Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you, Father, that we can come and study together once more. And I pray, Lord, that you'd speak to our hearts. Softly and tenderly, Lord, I know that the Holy Spirit is working. And I pray that you'd convict us, that you'd lead us and you'd draw us, our hearts and our eyes and our thoughts, even our ears, heavenward, that we would hear the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to us this evening. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to invite you to turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew 26. And we are looking at um, the time that's leading up to when Jesus is about to stand before the judgment seat of Caiaphas and even Pilate. Um, Ellen White asks us to meditate upon these closing scenes. And um, there is much that we can learn. And even as I just share a little tidbit here um, for all of you, may this strengthen us in this new week. Let's turn our Bibles to Matthew 26. We're starting in verse 52. Matthew 26 and verse 52. The Bible says this, Then said Jesus unto him, Put up again thy sword into his place, for all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he shall presently presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then shall the Scriptures be fulfilled that thus it must be? Jesus has just finished praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. He sweat those great drops of blood. He's been wrestling in prayer whether or not to proceed with that great sacrifice for the whole world or not. And just as he wraps up, he hears the noise of the mob coming. And Judas is coming with this throng, this great multitude, the Bible says. And Peter, wanting to defend his master and show his zeal, he takes a sword. From where he got it, we have no idea. But he takes his sword and he aims for the neck of the person. And of course, in the mercy of God, an angel deflects it and he cuts off the ear. There's no way that Peter's swordsmanship was that accurate to be able to cut off just a little bit of the ear, but it was only by the grace and mercy of God that this man was left preserved alive. And Jesus says, look, I don't need your help. If I really needed it, I would have just prayed and God would have sent more than what? 12 legions of angels just like that. But he doesn't. Why? For how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled, that thus it must be? Friends, for the sake of our salvation, for the sake of the fulfillment of prophecy, Jesus did not call angels to aid him. He could have. The Father was ready at his command to send those angels, and it would not have been morally wrong, but he did not do it. Why? For you and me. There was a bigger picture that the disciples and the rest of the world were not seeing. That they only just saw the here and the now and the present. And those disciples were blinded by their own desires and their own ambitions and their own interpretations, so to speak, of prophecy and the Messiah. And sometimes, to a great extent, we still are as well. We are so short-sighted, so near-sighted that we don't see far into the future and we don't understand the dark mysteries of God's will and how He leads each and every one of us. 
Maybe if we were in Christ's position today, we might have been tempted to ask why. Why, God, do I have to go through this? Jesus chose the blood-stained path that would lead to the cross for the sins of the whole world. And it was not an easy decision as he had just been sweating great drops of blood, had to pray this prayer three times if we were in that position. And we had this power at our disposal and we did not see the future as Christ saw. We would have been tempted to ask, why God? Why would you allow these sorts of things to happen to me? God, why don't you help me today when I'm in trouble? Why don't you help me when I call upon you? Why don't you come at a time when I need you the most? Friends, sometimes we just get silence. Jesus says he could, but the scriptures, they need to be fulfilled in your life. Following God, friends, sometimes is a mystery. It's hard to discern. And Jesus, he knew his mission He knew his purpose for which he had come to this earth. But for us, it takes a figuring it out. It takes trust. It takes, sometimes we call it chance, but according to the Bible, we call that providence. But when we follow God, friends, it even still then sometimes is a mystery as to why things happen to us. Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9, a scripture song, one of my favorite. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Friends, following God is a mystery sometimes. And no, it's not guesswork whether or not we should go down a certain path. But do we know the end from the beginning? Can we discern His ways so clearly that We can know for certainty that this is what should happen. Not always. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 16. Let's turn the Bibles there. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 16. Look what the Bible says here. 1 Corinthians 2.16 For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him, but that we have, what? The mind of Christ. But you know, friends, even if we do have the mind of Christ, still there'll be things that will be mysteries to us. Do you know that? Who really has the total mind of Christ to understand all things today? Really, nobody. He doesn't ask us to discern all the movings of His works and His Spirit. Do you know that? He asks us simply to trust Him. Mark chapter 13 and verse 32. Let's turn our Bibles there. Mark 13 and verse 32. It's really impossible for us to understand all the mind of Christ, and especially the mind of God. Mark chapter 13 and verse 32, look what the Bible says here. But of that day and that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but what? The Father. It's very interesting that Jesus is doing the judging, but yet the Father is the only one that knows when he's going to wrap up this whole work. Do you see that? And yet even the angels in heaven, beings that have never sinned, they don't understand totally the will of God. They don't know when the Father is deciding deciding to come to this earth for a second time. No man and no angel knows the day nor the hour. 
we know when it's close, but friends, we have no idea. There are some things that we will just never know in this lifetime. And even as we choose to follow God today and say, God, I'm committing my life to you 100% this week. It is impossible to understand totally how God leads. What's my point, friends? The angels in heaven, they don't know. And they don't know everything that's going to take place and when, but yet they trust the Father enough to hold on and to obey His every word. Guess what? Angels even have to live by faith. For faith is that very thing that helps us to cling on to God in the unknown. In the unknown. For if we know it, if we can see it, if we understand it, then it doesn't require faith on our behalf anymore. But even the angels don't have the whole picture of God's plans. Only as they obey does it even to them get revealed step by step. You see that? 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Let's turn the Bibles there. That love chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 12. 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 12, the Bible says, For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. In this current state that we're in, presently in this world, we only see through a glass darkly. We can only discern to a certain extent the movings of the Holy Spirit and the movements of Christ and God in heaven. And when we look at our world, sometimes we discern it even less. And we wonder sometimes why things happen to us. Our vision is not totally clear. We don't see 2020. And the only way to get through this dark world is to have a guide that sees clearly for every one of us. It's like being blind and the only way to see is through the scriptures. The only way to see is through faith in God's word. We must become blind to the life experiences of others and not limit God and put him in a box expecting him to work a certain way in our lives. We can't point to people and say, I want it that way just like Joseph who was a prime minister at the age of 30 years old. Could you believe that? Prime minister at such a young age. And yet we forget that sometimes how God guided Joseph. How did he guide Joseph? In the same way where we go through our circumstances, hated by his brother, sold into slavery. What did he do? Faithful in Potiphar's house. Potiphar's wife tried to sleep with him and he's faithful and he ends up in prison. What did he do? faithfully gave the message of God to these two young men that end up in, ended up in prison and gave them those visions and interpreted them and he still was forgotten for another two years. What did he do wrong? And sometimes we're not able to discern the movings and the promptings of the Holy Spirit and how God leads and how God guides and how God is involved in these world affairs and, and before we're able to get to the end of the tunnel and see uh, all our answers answered, we let go. We let go. 
First Corinthians 13 is that love chapter that if we see through this glass darkly, it requires us to have love to be able to hold on to God's guidance because sometimes God just does not guide the way that we want Him to guide. Sometimes it just goes total opposite direction and we've been faithful and we ask God, why? You know, friends, it takes faith for us to go through this world. It takes faith to forgive someone, only to be hurt by them again and again. And then we ask God, why God? Why, why should I allow them to keep hurting me like this? We look at that scripture with puzzling thoughts and bewilderment, under, not understanding. God, are you sure? 70 times 7? Never ending, really? Are you sure? And then we, we allow people to keep hurting us like that and and. They keep abusing us or using us. And then our friends, they come to us and they, they call us stupid or silly or foolish. Why would you allow someone to keep doing this to you? And sometimes when we want to follow the scriptures, I'm telling you, it's a trial. But that's where faith has to come in. It takes faith to trust the scriptures to keep forgiving. That somehow God says that's what we should do and we are doing the right thing. It takes faith to hold on to God and to follow Him through His Word when His Sabbath goes against your career path. Maybe you don't get your dream job. Maybe you don't get your desired course of study. Maybe you got to quit that school and go to another school and graduate even later. I know someone that went through that. There's too many maybes for me to cover, but when calamities come upon us, friends, Sometimes the Lord gives us these small calamities to save us from bigger ones that would come our way in the future. We sometimes, in fact all of us, most times, it's difficult to discern the moving of God's Spirit. And this is where faith has to come in. Faith in a God that sees 2020, that even though the whole world was trying to make Jesus king, he knew that for this cause he had not come. How many of us in human thoughts, seeing all these flatteries, seeing all these people pushing us and praising us and worshipping us, would have gone down a different path rather than the blood-stained path of Prince Emmanuel? Jesus, he saw 2020. And friends, this is where it takes faith to trust in a God who knows what he's doing. But sometimes, just sometimes, we think we know better. And we question, and we conjecture, we challenge God. We, we ask him, God, why? You didn't do that to that person. You didn't do it to this person. But why am I going through this? And we, sometimes we even look into scripture and we don't get the answer. Except, hold on. Because sometimes we like to pick out portions of Scripture that we, we like. The people that were rich, the people that were saved, the, the people that were blessed. We forget that Stephen was stoned to death, that Peter was burnt, uh, crucified upside down. We forget that John was thrown into a pot of boiling oil. We forget that Daniel was in a lion's den and his three friends in the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. We forget that Jeremiah was let down into a pit of slime almost eaten up by the dirt itself. We forget all these prophets that suffered. Yet we like to bring out the nice things about the Bible. We like to be the, 
blessed ones, the happy ones. And we sometimes just ask God, God, why? Thank God Jesus sees 2020. He knows the end from the beginning. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And there is no better place to put your life except into His hands. But that, my friends, is sometimes a moment-by-moment decision that we must have. Sometimes it's an hour-by-hour. We make a decision, okay, God, I'm going to follow you, and our world crumbles in the next 30 minutes, and we got to make that decision again. God, though you slay me, yet will I trust you. Job had to make it moment by moment. He lost everything in terms of riches and his children in one day. And then the very next day, he lost all his health. And then he lost all his friends. Friends, sometimes it is a moment by moment decision. And sometimes we just do not understand. And the point is this, friends. When you walk this life of faith, sometimes it is not for us to understand. It's not for us to understand. Sometimes it's only for us to hold on, to test how much we really love Him, how much we really trust Him. As Jesus was facing Calvary, His footsteps were already in the shadow of the cross. And it would be less than 24 hours before He would die for all humanity. And yet, He didn't think of Himself. He was thinking of you and me. This was the way that he was going to conquer sin and the devil. It didn't make sense to his disciples. But Jesus' ways are not our ways. Why lockdown, COVID-19? You know, for some reason, all these Westerners, they love to protest. You know, they've not been in lockdown as long as we are, and they're on the streets protesting in U.S. already and in Australia. No, no hit against them, but I just, I don't understand that thinking. I was growing up in a Western country, but I've never gone to a protest, okay? So you might think I'm a very Western-minded sort of person. I sound very Western, but I'm not to that extent. I still like my fried rice and my fried noodles and my durian. I'm not like that. I don't get it. And instead of protesting, let's use that time to understand that, hey, God has a reason for this. And yes, I know, there are some people that are starving to death. They need their jobs back. They need to support themselves. They need to earn money. But yet somehow through all this, friends, let's not lose sight of God. He has a reason for everything. He sees 2020. And He doesn't need you to see 2020. He just needs you to see Him. And if we can see Him, we can hold on. And if we can hold on, we will look back. Hindsight is always 20-20. And you will know whether you held on to Jesus or not. You will know whether God had been your guide. Friends, today, whatever you're going through, don't forget that God has a purpose in everything. He sees the bigger picture. And may we be the ones that will learn to hang on by faith this week to His Word. That no matter what happens, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. Persecution, 
famine, sword, fire, perils, stoning, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing can stop us from holding on to Jesus and trusting Him. And then at the right time, maybe in this life, maybe not in this life, we might get the answer, why? Jesus, He knew His mission because He had the mind of God. Today, we're striving for that, but we're not there, friends. So all we have to do is hold on. Don't let go. In this coming week, no matter what you're going through, if you're tempted to complain, to blame God, just remember that all things work together for good. Not to everybody, but to those that love God. Why? Because at the end of it, when Jesus comes again in the clouds of glory, everybody will have their reward. If you're seeking for the reward here today on this earth, you might never get it. You might never. Look at the apostles and the prophets for an example of suffering, of what it means to follow Jesus. Friends, this week, let's hold on and not let go. Jesus knows what he's doing. God knows he's too wise to make mistakes. Let's not tell him how he should do his work. Let's just do ours faithfully. Let's hold on by faith and not let go. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, forgive us where we have tried to play the role of God in our own lives. Thought we knew better. Thought we understood our situation better than you did. Oh Lord, please, in this new week, no matter what is happening around us, help us to have faith. Help us to trust you that nothing will shake us or move us. That, Father, we will hold on to you so tightly that as only we just would reach out, Lord, you would grasp us with that almighty arm and never let us go. Only, Father, help us to look up to heaven. Help us to remember that your ways are not our ways. Your thoughts, they're not our thoughts. Only help us to trust you. Guide us, O Lord. Lead us to that end. Strengthen our faith for this week, O Lord, as we have committed and determined already in our hearts to spend more time in your scriptures. Save us in this coming week, we pray. In Jesus' name we pray and ask. Amen.